Hey guys, I just want to give you guys a quick little warning, you know, kind of like a disclaimer, I guess you could say. Uh, we're going to get into some sensitive subjects on this podcast and some, you know, talk about some graphic context or content, if you want to say that. Uh, just give you guys a heads up. Either way, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Glock 9 Show. Thank you guys all for the recent reviews on Spotify. As of this recording, we are above 50 five-star reviews. Absolutely insane. Apple Podcast is almost at 200. So if you guys are on Apple or Spotify, make sure you guys go to the show and rate the show. I'm not asking for a five-star review. I'm just asking for an honest review. Uh, uh, one question I want to get into today, I get this question a lot. It somewhat is, it turns a little political at certain points, but... People always ask, because I'm a father, I have four children, and my kids are homeschooled, why do I choose to homeschool my children? And for me to get me to get into that conversation, part of it's political, but not like in a, in a left versus right meaning. It means like how the school districts are and how the common core, agenda, I don't even want to say agenda either, just the curriculum is failing children nowadays, and I don't agree with it. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but I do want to announce... Our newest sponsor, I am super excited to announce them. It's We The People Holsters. You know, you guys always ask me all the time about my shirts. I, I'm, you know, a very opinionated person, very political person. So people will see my Let's Go Brandon shirts, my pro Second Amendment shirts, and they always ask me where I get them from. It's from WeThePeopleHolsters.com. But obviously by the name, you know they're not just holsters. For all my gun lovers out there, I use for my concealed carry... Uh, we the people holsters they're very comfortable they're adjustable the, any any kind of combination you have if you have a flashlight on your gun you have a you know a laser sight on your gun anything like that there is amazing options they fit for your gun they they're very tight <laughs> i'm actually i actually opened the webpage real fast and there is so many drop boxes to choose from and they're so comfortable for concealed carry whether you're appendix carrying or you're on your back or on four o'clock uh gun owners know what i'm talking about when i'm talking about that Check them out, guys. I highly endorse them. Again, you can get your apparel there. They have gun belts there. They have, they have you know, tactical, for your women out there, tactical leggings. They have so many things to choose from. It's wethepeopleholsters.com. Use my promo code Glock915. That's spelled G-L-0-C-K-N-9-N-E-1515 uh, at checkout for a 15% off discount. Again, that's wethepeopleholsters.com. Code Glock915, G-L-0-C-K-N-9-N-E-1-5. Thank you, we the people. I'm very proud to announce that today. So I want to get into my children being homeschooled. So my wife went to, to, to uh, a university. She went and got her degree in child and, child and adolescent development. Obviously, I didn't go to college. I can't, I can't even speak. <laughs> but she went for child and adolescent development. Uh, she Before she got pregnant with our firstborn son, she was a uh, elementary school uh, age teacher, and then as soon as she, a couple, I want to say about a year and a half after she started teaching, she went into being a full time parent. And we don't look back, you know. Honestly, my my son's only technically in you know quote unquote first grade. Uh, my daughter just started her first year of homeschool this this year, and. I know a lot of homeschool kids and they're very, very bright kids. I think I think there's a bad um, image on homeschool kids where people think that they're weird or they're socially awkward. Well, 
if you knew how the homeschooling system works, the way we do homeschool or the homeschool we do is um, they they get a curriculum from the school, but we we get to choose kind of like what we teach them. So when people talk about critical race theory, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into critical race race theory because I can do a whole hour and a half, which I might do at a different time. Um, critical race theory. If you guys look into it for yourselves, there's a lot of controversy on it. But from what I've looked at it, I've looked at the curriculum. I've looked at the teachings of it. And I see it as it is teaching children to judge somebody by the melanin components of their skin. It teaches kids to be racist. It teaches you to look at, at, at other kids of a different skin color in a different light. So you're judging people by the melanin component of their skin and not their character or merits or whatever. I, I don't agree with it. We, we got the curriculum from the school. Uh, we don't have to teach it to our kids. We're not going to teach it to our kids. Um, but that's the way I see it. I'm, that's all I'm going to say about it right now. And there's a lot of controversy. Like it's not being taught in schools, and it obviously is. Um, there's, there's a big debate on it. I'm not going to get into it. But it's one of the main reasons that I've cho- we've chosen to homeschool our kids. But before that even became a thing, the original main reason to homeschool our kids is Common Core. The way we learn addition, subtraction, div- division, you know, for example, uh, was very simple. Now it's turned into like it's so crazy if you guys look into Common Core and how they do things like like math and look into how they teach. It's very complicated, and we're look we're we're seeing a future of children who they're not dumb. They're just taught differently, and it's a lot harder for kids to learn nowadays. I, I also personally feel like a lot of teachers, and I have a lot of respect for teachers, so don't take this the wrong way. We're, a lot of school systems have a lot of teachers who have you know in all honesty became kind of lazy in teaching. Because now, you know, it's a very deep-rooted issue where a lot of teachers just get this packet or curriculum and they just, like, throw it up on the paper for the kids. Like, well, this is the way they told me to teach you. I'm not... They don't go into extents um, of explaining it. That You know, also, I, I know it's very hard for teachers, just like, like my wife would explain to me, to, you know, who taught a very low-level um, or early, early, early-age kids in school. It's hard to manage as one teacher 30 kids. You don't get a lot of one-on-one time. So... My wife, who has, you know, the ability to teach kids, especially children, uh, and have that one-on-one time with my son, you know, usually the way she does it is very smart. She doesn't try and teach them both at the same time. She tells my daughter, you know, go play, go watch TV, go play your tablet or something like that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to teach your brother real fast. So my brother, my brother, (laughs) my son gets his one-on-one time. He has his assignments he needs to do for the day. They do one-on-one. And once he's done, he's done. You can go play your, you know, go play Fortnite, go outside and play, go ride, you know, ride your bike out back or something like that. And then now my daughter comes in, gets straight one-on-one time. So there is no, here, do this packet. I trust you to do it. I'll grade it tomorrow. No, it's strictly one-on-one right there. She has any questions, boom, mommy's, mommy's right there with, if she doesn't know the answers, there is a curriculum for the, 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 the parents to read and go through it. So they understand it as well, you know, and we can teach them how we see fit, you know, when we do subtraction if it's one minus two, it's very simple. We, you know, it's very easy to teach. Nowadays, they want you to like take this number, take that number, divide the two, make it one minus one minus one, or whatever, whatever the f, right? I'm just making things or kind of paraphrasing. It, it makes it very difficult and hard for them to understand at a young age. So we've chosen to homeschool our kids. Now, when you're talking about, uh, you know, children nowadays. There's a line in the sand for everybody. 
I believe that everybody has their political stances and, and you know, you should have your own opinion. Um, but everyone has a line in the sand when it comes to politics that you do not cross. And everyone should have a line in the sand you do not cross. My line in the sand is children. Um, do not teach my kids things I don't want them to be taught. Do not confuse my kids with politics in school. Do not try to confuse my children about sexuality at an early age. Um, it doesn't matter what you th what you think on the subjects. These are my children. Um, I will teach them when I feel it's appropriate for them to learn about these things. But there's no reason for my son to be learning about transgender, homosexual sex, um, among other things in the second, third, you know, fourth grade um, when he's not even old enough to even understand that stuff. It's very confusing. And back when I was in school, when we had actually we had sex ed pretty early. It was like fifth, at the end of fifth grade and we had to go home and have a permission slip signed. And if you didn't get it signed and your parents didn't want you to learn it, you would go to a different class and do school or regular schoolwork while the other class was in the sex ed class. Um, nowadays, they don't want it to be your choice. They don't want it to be your choice. Um, they want the school to decide. They want the district to decide what your child learns. They want the, you know, a lot of people are calling on the federal government to be put into play that you have no right to control what your child is allowed to learn and what not to learn. So a lot of kids in different, in every school different school district is different. Your school district, wherever you may be, may be different. Um, I know my, my school district is different than a lot of people's and what their curriculum is and what their school board decides to put in the schools or libraries. And we'll get into something in a second. Um, you know, for an example, but I know a lot of schools, especially in California are teaching, you know, transgender, uh, homosexual stuff in, to kids that are in like the second or third grade. And it's very confusing. These kids don't even, boys don't even realize they're in the girls yet. Girls may not even realize they're in the boys yet. And then you're going to try and teach them that, oh, hey, you know, you might basically putting it in your mind that you, you know, you might be a little feminine, you know, so you might actually th be a woman in a boy's body, which is not right because you're going to confuse them. Just because you're you know, a boy is a little more feminine or may play with dolls or whatever does not mean that they're gay or transgender or whatever. Um, they're way it's way too early for them to even consider something like that, right? So these these things that are happening in schools is very scary in my opinion. So there's something I want to read about. You guys may have heard. Uh, this is a high school. And it's more the react reaction I want to get into than more than the book. And we'll talk about the book in a second they're talking about. So this is an is a, um, article from Akron Beacon Journal. It's written by Phil Karen. Uh, this is actually from November 19th, 2021, which I just heard about this in January 2022. I didn't realize this wasn't major news. But it says the Hudson Schools uh, District remains in the national spotlight, which is bullcrap because I, I did not hear about the story. And I follow politics. I follow a lot of this stuff very closely. Uh, Mayor Craig Schubert last month called on board members to resign or potentially face criminal charges over a book provided to high school seniors in a college level writing class. Schubert wrongly accused the district of dis distributing, quote, essential child pornography. A, a group of parents attended the September 13th board meeting to raise concerns about the writing prompts in the book. 642 things to write about among the prompts in question quote write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom end quote now this is a different book than the one i'm going to share with you guys later 
uh, I want to there. I'm going to sh- share a c- couple clips from the board meeting. Um, I want to share a couple clips from the board meeting of basically what was said by the parents. So here's the mayor and what he says to the board. I'll give you a simple choice. You either choose to resign from this board of education or you will be charged. Thank you. In a- so there, there's the there's the mayor. He comes up and says, you know, about resigning. I don't have the full video. This is a news clipping from uh, a Cleveland channel. So I don't have the whole thing. But here's a parent kind of listing what's in the book. Sex scene you wouldn't show your mom. Rewrite the sex scene from above into one that you'd let your mom read. Describe your favorite part of a man's body using only verbs. Those are some. So those are some examples, obviously, as the lady was about to say. Uh, there's a lot more in, in there. Uh, if you see the full video, there, there's things like, if you were a serial killer, what would be on your DVR? Um, have you ever had sex before? Describe it. You know, and, and just things like that. There's, and it's a long list. Like, obviously, the book is called 642 Things to Write About. And in a sense, and there's another parent in here I kind of want to highlight because he kind of goes off. And I, I actually really like what he has to say. Um, yeah, I'll play that for you right here. Not sexualize our kids. The raw filth. The raw filth that snuck past the gatekeeping functions of this Board of Ed in 642 Reasons was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I mean, I don't understand. So what disturbs me the most about this entire thing is what I'm going to get into right here. I'm not going to read this entire timeline. But basically, this is people's excuse for this book, 642 Things to Write About, um, it is a class that is a, it's a college writing class. It's basically a college prep class. And in all honesty, that doesn't effing matter in my opinion. And here's, and here's the reason why. Um, it's, these are 17 year olds. Some are 16 year olds about to be 17 year olds. And you're giving this out. And now my, one of my biggest problems is how did the teachers get this? And not say, whoa, we should not be having children write about this stuff. Um, this school was also admittingly uh, telling the kids not to take the book home. Don't talk to your parents about it. That right there, it, you should not be telling children, whether you're seven, I don't care if you're 17, about to be 18, you are 17, you are legally a child still. Um, you should not be telling children to not take a book home and don't talk to your parents about it, when, especially when this book has things telling you or asking you if you were a serial killer what kind of weapon would you use um you know have you had sex before describe it uh what was your first time having sex like um uh, grab a beer taste it how did it taste you're giving a 17 year old a book about going and trying a beer you know and sure people might see it as you know not as damaging nowadays but you know but still you're giving you're you're giving them a book that tells them to drink underage you're giving them a book to describe them having sex. What part of a man's body, you know, do you like the most? Describe it. But all this other stuff. It's disgusting. And essentially, it's 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 considered grooming. And you know, for people that don't know what grooming is, um, it's it's the action of a pedophile of uh, preparing a child for a meeting. So. Yeah, I'm re- obviously I'm reading this so you guys can um, understand you know exactly what it means. Um, 
especially via an internet chat room with the intention of committing a sexual offense. So what does that mean? And the reason why he's saying is basically child pornography. You're asking 16 and 17 year olds to write about sex, uh, whether they've had sex and, you know, describe this sex to them. Um, imagine this teacher has, you know, pedophile like thoughts. And now they're reading 16 or 17 year olds descriptions of them having sex. Um, does anyone feel as weirded out as I do right now? Like, imagine, now imagine, you know, it wasn't your teacher. Imagine you're in college, even in college, and one of the assignments was you write about your favorite sexual experience with one of your girlfriends. Describe it. Um, there was one question that baffled me, and it said, describe a time that you wanted to orgasm, but you couldn't. Um, you know, now imagine you had to write about that at, even at a college level and then turn it into a teacher and you knew that they were going to read this. It's very disturbing. It's very disturbing that nowadays people, what happens is the, the, the mayor finds out about this book. He talks to a judge. The judge says it's potentially, or it, it basically is distributing child pornography. So he goes to the school board pissed. Now I, I applaud this mayor because he is protecting the children in my, in my eyes. He is protecting the children. He, he calls it disgusting, grooming, and sexualizing students and asks for them to resign because it has to go through the school, the school board. And it's honestly, you know, I, I have no problem with that. Now, the you know, superintendent gets involved. The board refuses to resign. Uh, the thing I don't agree with, I never will agree with, was people were, were emailing and threatening the board members. And, you know, uh, they don't really go into detail about that because... You know, uh, they even the school board members wouldn't give examples of what was said to them, but they said that they were receiving death threats and other threats, and that's not okay. It's never okay. It's absolutely not okay. Um, uh, a, a Summit County prosecutor, Sherry Bevin, found that it was it was the writing prompts were not considered child pornography. So that's when you know the, the mayor kind of like doubled down. He didn't say to resign, but he basically said he will not apologize after the council members seeked apology from him, a public apology. And he said, no, no matter what, whether the, the, the prosecutor just describes it as child pornography or not, it's still inappropriate. It's still wrong. And you know, maybe you shouldn't resign, but I am not going to apologize for protecting these children. And I applaud him for that, you know, and, but here's the thing. You guys need to do your job better and make sure stuff like this isn't in the schools. I don't care if it's a college prep class. I don't, you know, it should not be in a high school. If you want to teach stuff like that in college, and of course it's a liberal, it's a liberal writing, uh, it's a liberal, liberal, liberal writing uh, two class is what it's called. Um, that's that's the class that they were taking. And if you want to teach stuff like that in college to adults, um, if they want to do that, it's a little different when you're talking to adults. Then you're talking to children in a high school who haven't even entered into adulthood yet, who have not even had a job yet, who have not learned what it's like to be an adult yet. They're still juvenile. They are still, you know, probably immature. And you're asking these high school students to write about sexual experiences. And the problem, and I'm sorry, I keep, so I just let you guys know, I actually recorded a different podcast on this, but I was getting so frustrated and irritated. I kept pausing. I actually deleted it, and this is my re-recording of it, and I don't do that. I have never actually stopped my recording, deleted it, and just came back to it later. 
So I did more research on this. What was irritating was the city, there was a bunch of people who were more upset at the mayor's outrage than the actual book that was being taught to the children. It makes it really irritating when you actually have a mayor or a city official looking out for these children and the school, the the, the county and everything, um, they, they actually started a petition drive to recall the mayor. Um, they, they were holding protests in front of the offices of the mayor, uh, calling for his resignment. And it's like, you act like this guy was actually giving the sexualized content to your children when in fact he was protecting your children and standing up for them. It, it baffles my mind how I feel like, you know, uh, you know, with, with COVID and, and all this stuff going on, I truly feel like we are living in the dumbest generation ever. I personally feel like when historians look back on our time, um, you know, we look back at our time of, you know, from 2020 to 2022 and probably 2023 and 2024, they're going to look back and go, how do these idiots live? You know, like, <laughs> you know, you know, one day they're calling this uh, misinformation within the next, the next day it comes out, you know, a year later it comes out as factual. So all the people that were called conspiracy theorists and, and uh, all this other stuff were actually right. Like, what are we doing here? You know, you have a mayor here who's standing up for children because this is obviously not appropriate content. And instead of, you know, okay, maybe the way he went about it was a little aggressive, a little wrong. He, you know, maybe he shouldn't call for the resignment. We can maybe, you know, come to an agreement on that. But at the same time, at least you have a city official that gives a damn, you know, who actually cares. He didn't just brush it off and go, ah, whatever, it's part of the curriculum, whatever. Um, you know, this, this mayor actually stood up for your children. We should be celebrating that. So what I learned from this is how are they getting away with a lot of this stuff? Um, you know, again, sexualizing children. Um, if you th believe in transgender and this and that, that's on you. I have said publicly before, I don't agree with it. It doesn't mean you should be demonizing people that are transgender or believe that they should be transgender. But I draw the line in the sand when you are coming for my children. For example, during, you know, now we have Gay Pride Month. Um, on Nickelodeon in 2021, after almost every episode, they were showing a, a drag queen singing a anthem about transgender, trying to teach what transgender stuff is to children. That is bull. And sorry, <laughs> um, but you are confusing children. I talked about it before when you know in the Joe Rogan podcast when they're talking about being influenced as a child. Um, you're putting it into their mind that they might be a woman or you're putting it into their mind that they may think this way or whatever. And it, it's very confusing. And if you have friends that are going along with this kind of stuff, you may go along with it too, not realize what you're getting yourself into. And that's why a lot of kids who grow up, you know, it's very, it's common knowledge that a lot of kids that grow up and think they're transgender and among other things, um, you know, when, they, you know, when you're confusing them, this when kids become uh, unfortunately suicidal and depressed and they feel like a loner, they feel alone and it's very scary. And, you know, we're seeing right now the damage, some of the damage that we've done to children. And I'm sorry, I'm going to bring it up because of COVID and because of all this stuff, you know, with this zoom learning, people think it's a great thing. My son gets to stay home and just learn from zoom. They ain't learning nothing. Uh, we're seeing, we're seeing, suicide rate of teenagers at an all-time high you're seeing overdoses from teenagers at an all-time high and that's just the kids that we know of that are doing drugs 
um, you see teen drinking and people going to the hospital for alcohol poisoning at a teen age at, all, at one of the all-time highs because children are, are depressed. They're lonely. We lock them in their house for a year and a half, two years. Um, you know, elementary school students have been uh, put in masks and when it's been science survey or well, I'm getting upset. <laughs> I'm getting irritated. Um, it's been proven by studies that children, especially at an elementary school age, learn a lot of their social interactions through being around other people and facial expressions and, and all that. And it's been proven like kids in Florida are not masked at all, but children in California are masked all the time in schools. And there is virtually no difference in COVID numbers in their schools. It's being proven that it, does, it, it doesn't help. So why are we still doing this? And I keep saying after two years, if, if masks work, why don't they work? Cause they obviously don't, you can't just blame it on the people that don't mask. It, it, they're not working. They've admitted that they are basically facial decorations. They keep saying N95s, but they're not telling you that N95s don't, they work, quote, better, but they are not fully effective against transmission or getting it because it's not just by in the air and breathing. It's by contact. You could have it on your hand and touch your mask. And then when you go to take your mask off, you touched it again and you rub your eye or your nose or something. You, it, it's, common, it's common sense. I'm sorry if you still can't get it after two and a half years. Um, so this book that, and how it's getting into schools is not through a curriculum for school books like this to get into a curriculum. It has to go through the school board. Now, 642 things to write about went through the, you know, they thought it was just a, a studies thing It's inappropriate. Obviously it's been removed, uh, from, from schools now, but there is a book out there. You guys can look this up for yourself. Simply Google gender queer book images and one of the top links is from the oh the iowastandard.com you guys can find this article with images of the book it is the most disturbing thing i've ever seen in my life um it says please do not show this this these children these images it is a book that has been in elementary schools junior highs and high schools um that is in the library you don't have to have it approved to be in a library. And then what happens when kids see these, these images or tell their other you know, friends to go check it out, go check the book out of the library and go home and look at it. One of the very first pages is hiding. My period became extremely important to me for two entire school years. I successfully avoided ever using a school bathroom. It shows up a, a blood, bloody legs and uh, a pad in somebody's pants, but you'll notice that it's not a girl. It's a boy. It's a boy having a period. Then it goes through my first bra and all these other stories. And then it gets into right here. It says, I discovered it at around the same age, followed by further realization that my ability to become aroused was governed by a strict law of diminishing re returns. And it's a picture of a girl on her bed daydreaming about two men and they're grabbing each other's penises. And it... it it says, the more I had to interact with my genitals, the less likely I was to reach a point of any satisfaction. The best fantasy was one that didn't require any physical touch at all. And then in 2013, I discovered Eureka Moen's web, web comic, Oh Joy Sex Toy. In a comic from November of that year, she talks about the first sex toy she ever purchased, a $10 bullet vibrator. It actually has a bullet vibrator picture on there. Then there's a story about a homo homosexual story. I'm not going to get into this, but here's the part where people realize that this is effed up. 
Fast forward, we've been dating for two months. We've made out. We've had sex. We've moved on to sexting at work. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then they decided, two men decided to use a strap-on. And it's a picture. It's a picture. And these these kids in the book are, I guess, 16 and 17 years old. They're at their first jobs. They got a worker's permit. And this is how the book goes. And it's actually images of a man sucking on a strap-on penis on another man. And it says, this is the visual I've been picturing, but I can't feel anything. This was much hotter when it was only in my imagination. And let's try something else. Of course. But it literally shows you a picture of a man sucking on a strap-on dildo on another man. This, and this book is in elementary schools, junior highs, high schools. And then it gets to the you know, one of the last pages shows a guy gri- gripping the bulge of his boner on his jeans. And then it's, it's literally a picture of two naked men on top of each other. And it said, this would, would evolve into hip thrusting while thinking of the latest gay ship. Memor- memorably, memorably, I got off once driving just by rubbing the front of my jeans and the tip of my penis and imagining getting a blowjob. It's in, I mean, if, if you're hearing this from me and, and it's very uncomfortable, imagine a child getting this book. Imagine this being allowed in schools. You would never see anything like this in high school or junior high or elementary school when I was in school. Now, I'm not going to read you guys the article. You guys can look it up for yourself, but they're, you know, getting off the, and I apologize to you guys for reading all that stuff to you. It's very uncomfortable for me to read on a podcast, but it's, you know, me just saying, oh, this book is sexualized versus giving you examples. And actually, you can look it up yourself of books that were in. A lot of these books are finally now being taken out of schools. But how did they get through there in the first place is beyond me. But there's a, there's a you know, I live in California. I'm only an hour south of Sacramento. And there was a Sacramento teacher who was a member of Antifa. And I've said many times Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization. Terrorism is described. And let me explain something to you guys that don't understand why some people are called terrorists and why some people are not called terrorists. Um, um, so the definition of terrorism is, quote, the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. That's the definition. So when you're going out there, whether you're, if you're like Black Lives Matter, January 6th, um, Antifa, and you're going out there burning cities, um, you know, throwing things at people, um, violence all every time you show up to a rally or sh- whatever or protest, that is considered terrorism. So, for example, the Las Vegas shooting, people always wonder why he wasn't called a terrorist. Oh, because it's because he's white. It's white privilege. Ho 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 ho. No, the reason why he wasn't called a terrorist, he was called a mass shooter, is because he opened fire out of his uh, hotel window at a group of people. And we never found or we we there was never released a motive for the attack. Now, obviously, it was a country concert. There was a lot of Trump loving people there, probably conservative Republicans, whatever. If we found out that he was Democrat or liberal and he was firing into the crowd because they were racist or they were because they were Republicans and they're evil, then it becomes a political, a political attack, which is caused as terrorism. When someone goes out there with a, you know, chanting death to America and, you know, whatever. And people are wondering why they're called terrorists. That's why they're called terrorists. When it is aimed at political views, it's called terrorism. 
So Antifa, yes, is a domestic terrorist organization because every time they show up somewhere, there's always violence involved or threatening violence and whatever. They carry signs that say punch a Nazi and they're calling conservatives or Republicans Nazis. So your 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 signs that you're holding every single time, it's not just a one-time offense, is considered violent. It is considered a terrorist act of, of violence. So um, there's a teacher in Sacramento that was openly Antifa. Uh, he had an Antifa flag on his wall and a kid said it made him feel uncomfortable because there were all the images he saw of Antifa, Antifa flags were violent. And he told the kid... Well, if that flag makes you uncomfortable, it's supposed to make fascists feel uncomfortable. So you're obviously a fascist. So, so you should, you should, you should be careful with the views that you publicly display. Which, the way he put it, and the way it's quoted, I, I'm paraphrasing. Um, the kid felt threatened by the teacher. He had uh, pictures up there of leaders from the uh, Chinese Communist Party. He was giving children again. These are high school kids children they was giving them extra credit to go to antifa rallies and take pictures and basically be a part of what was going on so you are teaching kids politics in high school putting them in harm's way telling them to go to these rallies where violence was you know being being acted and it is a entirely scary thing for you know i think it's, i personally think it's a more scary thing to send your children to a public school when you're just dropping them off and you don't know what they're learning nowadays. For example, we've gone away from the old image of father, mother, children at the dinner table every night. A, a lot of families don't have that because both parents work. They might just take, you know, pick up takeout on the way home. And then they, you know, kids may eat in the rooms. Parents are tired, just want to watch some TV and go to bed. You don't have the, it's called the, like the nuclear family, you know, image anymore. Uh, I know growing up, my mom had to work. My dad had two jobs. We didn't really have dinner around the table. A lot of the times I had to fend for myself. I have a bowl of cereal for dinner or I made scrambled eggs or something like that. Or my mom would pick up takeout on the way home and we were we wouldn't really eat together. Um, I, we would usually I'd be in the front room watching wrestling or something like that, eating my dinner. She's out there watching American Idol or something like that. Um, I know I'm saying something like that. I apologize. But, you know, I didn't have that quote unquote nuclear family experience because my parents had to work and they had to work hard for us to have a living and have um, the, the stuff that we had growing up. And nowadays you don't get that conversation at the table. So you don't talk about what your kids are learning. You don't talk about what happened in school. So a lot of the things, a lot of these things are kind of slipping through the cracks. So to wrap this all up and I can, I can keep going for a long time. It's a scary thing for me to send my kids to public school and not know what they're learning and feel like they're going to be falling behind. There was actually a report that just came out that uh, I, I'm not going to give you guys a percentage because I don't want to be wrong, but there's a large percentage of high school kids that graduated in the last two or three years. And a large percentage of them can only read at a fifth grade level. And you know, the IQ tests that they're taking for the SATs and for college are a lot lower than previous generations which is obviously saying that we are failing our kids. And I can't stress that hard, you know, strong enough to parents. We're failing our kids by not holding school boards and school districts, um, you know, holding them responsible or holding them to a higher standard of teaching kids the right things in the right, the right, the, the right way. And so, and so people, when they talk about kids being socially awkward homeschool, I'm going to finish on, on this. If you're going to homeschool your kids, which I highly suggest, get them out of the, the, the common core learning and get them out of the 
just going with the flow. Um, if you're going to homeschool your kids, you got to keep them involved in extracurricular activities such as baseball, basketball, gymnastics, you know, whatever, uh, church functions, keep them involved in things that make them be social. Like my daughter right now goes to gymnastics. My son plays baseball. We go to church and they interact with kids there. You have to keep them social. When you hear these stories about socially awkward kids, it's parents that keep their kids home. And then once they're done learning, they basically watch TV all day and they play video games all day. They don't interact with other kids. And then when they grow up to be a young adult in you know, teenage years, and maybe you send them to high school, which one of my best friends in high school was gr born that way and gr grew up in a place where he never left the house, never went anywhere. It was it was he was very socially awkward, it took him a long time to open up to me in class. We became very good friends in high school. And he, he even said the same thing. It's because he never did anything. He never played sports. He never went anywhere. Um, he basically did homeschool Monday through Friday for his only like an hour, an hour and a half a day rather than your seven hours. And he never interacted with anybody. And then when he went to high school, they threw him into high school. And he didn't know how to act around other kids. So you have to have them in extracurricular activities. And that's why I choose to keep my kids home and keep my kids, you know, um, learning through homeschool. I'm stumbling where my wife can actually teach them one on one. And, uh, you know, if they have problems, they ask about it right then and there. But then. You know, throughout the week, we have events that we go to, we have classes we go to, and we keep them involved in the community, and we keep them involved with other kids, and and they're they're very outgoing children. I'm I'm so happy the way my my kids have um have grown up, and and the reason I'm telling you guys this isn't to scare you guys into homeschooling your kids. I it's your choice. It's your choice. You want to send them to public school. It's your choice to homeschool them. I do want to give a big shout out to my wife who does. A lot of work homeschooling my kids. It's not easy. It takes a lot of patience. So high praise to my wife. But the main reason I, I'm explaining this to you guys is obviously answering the questions you guys keep asking me of why. Why do you, why, why do you homeschool your kids? The other reason is just to make sure you're present in your kid's life and make sure you ask them questions about school. What did you learn today? Make sure you keep that. Keep Keep them safe from if their school. And again, this isn't every school. This is not a blanket statement across the whole school board system. I, you know, the curriculum is kind of messed up in what the federal government wants to push onto curriculum, but it's not across the board. Your school may have a great program, great teachers, and and I have high praise for teachers and how hard that job is. Just make sure you are asking your kids what they learn and what they are being taught in school so that you can protect them from things that you don't want them to learn from somebody else that you'd rather have them learn from you, the parent who ultimately has control of the kids and what, what they should be learning. But anyways, guys, that's it for me today. If you guys enjoyed this episode, do not forget to subscribe and follow the show on whatever platform you are on. If you guys can leave us a review on Spotify or Apple, it'd be greatly appreciated. But the best way you can help this podcast grow is by sharing with a friend, sharing on social media, tag me in it. I would gladly retweet it. I absolutely appreciate all the support. You can find this podcast on all the major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Again, I appreciate the support. If you want to hear a topic, make sure you send me a message. You can also go to our new website, Glock9show.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you guys want to hear. If you want to be a guest on the show, let me know. I would love to hear from you guys. But as always, stay safe, stay blessed, and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace!